G'day mate, Forty here. So I'm noticing there's this widespread misapprehension that my chat room is a public toilet. That if you're feeling some, you know, intestinal distress, you're feeling some emotional disturbance, you're like looking for a place to relieve yourself, then head over to Forties and just like let loose, let it all go. Just, you know, rid yourself of all unnecessary tension. Just like pour it all out. Just, you know, slop it around. Like, no need to aim. Just, just like, let go. Be free. Be yourself. You know, show the world what you're made of. Like, give birth to a food baby all over 40's chat room. And this, I'm here to tell you, is a misapprehension. Right? You're not quite a visitor at my table, but, but kind of like that. So... By, by all means, accurate criticism. You're doing me a big favor with accurate criticism. All right? And we want to have some fun here. But, but this is not the place to defecate. Right? Like, public, public loos, like, particularly in America, particularly in Los Angeles, tend to be, you know, rather unsavory places. This is a place of radical love and inclusion. Right? This is not a public restroom. This is not a place where you can come in to do prostitution deals. Like, this is not a place, you don't come here to, to take drugs, all right? This is, this is not a place to, to sleep. Uh, this, is, this is not a place to, like, store your worldly possessions, all right? This, this is not a, a public restroom. This is a place of light and love. Not just light and love, but radical light and radical love and radical inclusion. But we don't include... You know, public refuse. This is not the place if you're mentally ill and homeless and, and wanting to take up residence. I, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of places that would be, be glad to have you, but this is not one of them, right? So seriously, if people aren't you know, net positives, I'm just going to ban you. If you're not contributing, right? if you're not keeping up appearances, if you don't flush, right? if you don't... Now, you don't don't abide by by the rules, then you get flushed, right? We, we all have to observe the the proper protocols around here and, and treat each other with with you know some some modicum of, of respect, and uh, and uh, public restrooms just aren't really fun places to be. I mean, I don't know about you, like I, I'm not really into what, what's that called chattering or something like that that the the English English have. Where, where they, you know, like to hang around in, in public restrooms and meet blokes and bugger blokes. This is not the place for buggering blokes, right? This is not the place for cottaging, right? This is not a safe space for George Michael in Beverly Hills. I, I, I don't want to appear homophobic or, or judgmental, but yeah, this is not a place for dogging and cottaging and, you know, any kind of inappropriate behavior this is not the the place to you know show off your your, your private parts this is not the, the the place to you know racially uh, abuse other people right this is a place of light and love all right we we've all got a similar sense of humor here we're all truth seekers we're all philosophers here right mate yeah we're all we're all on the same page here so so Let's keep 40's chat room beautiful, right? We don't want to make the old Indians cry, right? The Indians had dominion over this space for thousands and thousands of years, right? 
and now we get these these invasive species, so to speak, who just come in here and they just suck up the water, they just suck up the light and love, and, and what do they leave behind? Like steaming piles of feces. This is not a place to leave your steaming, steaming pile of feces. And if you're on J-Swipe, guys, you should be Jewish, right? There are just way too many non-Jewish women on J-Swipe. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of bringing me down. Yeah, this is not a chat room for gay cruising action. If you really need to to go, then then go somewhere else, right? This is not the place to to just relieve yourself, right? In in the Jewish tradition, there's a place for studying Torah, but it's not in the bathroom, right? Studying Torah is is a great thing. In in the Jewish perspective. You know, we, we love to study Torah, but we don't study Torah on the toilet, right? And we don't we don't pray or study toilet uh, study Torah, you know, when there's the smell of the toilet you know, anywhere near, right? When when you've got something special, like how do you treat that which is special in the Jewish tradition? I know you're asking me that, and the answer is we protect it, right? We protect it. The king's daughter is protected. She's she's behind the castle. I want you to think of me as akin to the king's daughter, but not don't think of me in a gay way. Okay, so the king's daughter resides be in a castle, and she has a retinue, and she has a father protecting you, and uh, is Luke still pretending to be Jewish? This is not a water closet, right? What do we do with the Torah scroll? Like we wrap it up. We wrap it up and we protect it, right? That which is special. Like women, how do we treat women in the Jewish tradition with great reverence, right? We, we, we you know, have them dress in long skirts and, uh, you know, we, we have laws of modesty. Like in the Jewish tradition, we don't, you know, talk to women the same way you talk to men, right? You, you don't talk to young people the same way you talk to older people. Right? You don't talk to a learned Torah scholar the same way you talk to a Balabatan, just a regular member of the shul. We, we have distinctions and we have protections. Like, think of rituals as protecting ethics, like basic rituals of decency and holiness, right? where, where you don't go into someone's chat room and treat it like a, a water closet. These are layers of protection. Why does the term shiksa exist then? What's the, what's the contradiction? Shiksa is a, a slang Jewish term for, for a non-Jewish woman. And in certain contexts and at certain times and places, it's been used in a negative fashion. Yeah, Mr. Ford is as Jewish as they come, Baruch Hashem. How could someone named Luke Ford not be super, super duper Jewish? And then in, in other contexts, it, it's cute and adorable. Shiksa, shiksa is derogatory in certain contexts, in certain times and places. In, in other contexts, for many of my Jewish friends, when they use the word shiksa, they mean it as a compliment. Like, wow, check out that shiksa. Woo! Man, that shiksa is pretty fit. Wow, what I wouldn't give to be able to, to court that shiksa. Oh, man, I wish I wasn't Jewish so that I could court that shiksa. I mean, most ex references to shiksa that I hear around Orthodox Jews even, it's positive, it's complimentary. So, so words have a, a contextual meaning, like the N-word in certain contexts 
You know, when it's said by you know one African to another, that's a complimentary term. You know, you're my N-word, but I would never say that. Now, I might say you're my African American, but but that's okay. So anyway, I learned this from Dennis Prager: rituals protect ethics. Right, we have to have these rituals of common decency. Shiksa is an absolutely adorable word. I, we don't say words with, with hate or contempt here. Right? If we use shiksa or any slur, we say it with a meaning of love and inclusion. It, it, we, we say it as a way to keep the relationship fresh and hot. Sometimes just calling each other lovey and sweetie and honey, it just doesn't really do it. Sometimes you need to add a little excitement to the relationship. So that's when we start using language that would otherwise be considered a slur, that if it was like you know, posted on the front page of the New York Times, yeah, it would be considered a slur. But we are using it within the context of a committed relationship. Like here in Forty's house, you know, we have a committed relationship to each other. And yeah, we, we may you know, throw a few slurs around, but it's within that context of love. And we're just doing it to get a little extra excitement to to get that frisson of, of like you know a little bit of rebellious dissident energy just to you know kind of tap into it. To, we we use it ironically to to indicate how far past you know any kind of of you know racial religious ethnic uh, discrimination we are because this is a safe place. This kind of reminds me of how certain demographics refer to women as bitches. Yeah, you can say it's positive in some contexts, but it's still derogatory. <sighs> okay, that's 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 a good challenge. Uh, the the literal meaning of the word shiksa is a negative term, like it means unclean meat. That's the the literal meaning of the word. But when we use shiksa here in Forty's place, in Forty University. We mean it as a term of adoration. It's like, wow, that Jewish girl is so hot, she looks like a shiksa. <laughs> or, I mean, that, or, you know, this guy, you are my African American, all right? Or, or, you are my, you are my Jewish American, all right? We, we, we mean this, yeah, shiksa is the new deplorable. Like, on the face of it, deplorable is negative. But, uh, but, but we have taken this negative term that, that Hillary Clinton used to despise us like, and to put us down, and we have embraced it, right? And, and, and we have found, we have created love and inclusion and, and just a you know, wonderful, warm, loving community. Like we're, we're all, all deplorables here. But even though we're all deplorables here, that doesn't mean we just defecate you know, all over 40s chat room. Right? We, we, rituals protect ethics. I heard Dennis Prager say this. So if you take care to, say, keep the Sabbath day holy, if you put on your tefillin every morning, if you, you, know, you shake hands properly like a mensch, if you look people in the eye, right? if you conduct yourself in an upright way, if you, you pay attention to the social niceties, then you're probably less likely to go around steeding, cheating, ste cheating, stealing, you know, raping people. Yeah, Luke is a true Saxon gentleman. Yeah, I am so Anglo. <laughs> Rituals protect ethics. Does it make sense? To me, as face value, I would have called it word salad. Okay, so what the heck does it mean? Right, so 
there's a ritual in Judaism that uh, Jewish men go to synagogue every morning and put on tefillin, those leather straps, and say prayers. So after you engage in that ritual, do you think you then go out of that synagogue and behave like a jerk? I think you're a little less likely to behave like a jerk. All right, someone who follows the, the social niceties. For, for example, someone who spells and punctuates correctly, right? You would expect a higher level of behavior from someone who spells and punctuates correctly than someone who doesn't spell and punctuate correctly. Someone who says, how are you? Someone who observes the social niceties, right? Someone who's polite and appropriate, you then expect them to behave a little better than people who don't give a damn about the social niceties. So let's say you're waiting at the bus stop and uh, one person is pulling down his pants and taking a big old poop and the other person is sitting as far away from that as possible and is dressed in a suit and tie. Who do you think is more likely to treat you better? The homeless smelling dude who just defecated all over the bus stop or the man dressed in a suit and tie, right? People dressed in a suit and tie, you expect that they're going to treat you better than someone dressed in shorts and a t-shirt. doesn't always happen, but, but generally speaking, the, the rituals of proper dress, they, they tend to affect behavior. So people who take care to be well-groomed, people who are clean, right? people who smell good, we expect more pro-social behavior from them than those who don't. The way you explain it makes sense. What I got from it was pretty much reminding people of certain values that uh, make them, them more respectful. Yeah, if you, if you give off the ethos that you treat yourself with respect and you treat other people with respect, you're more likely to follow through on that. Okay, so the basic rituals of, of shaking hands, like let's say you're introduced to someone and he won't shake your hand, right? You would expect a little less decent behavior from that person compared to the person who shakes your hand and looks you in the eye. Let's say you're introduced to someone and you shake his hand, but it's just limp and it's just icky and he doesn't look you in the eye, right? He's like, he's like this, and the, right? You wouldn't expect good behavior from someone like that. So that ritual of, of like shaking hands, looking someone in the eye, you know, saying, how are you? Remembering your name, all right? People who remember your name you expect a little bit better treatment from people who, who uh, you know, remember your names. You've shaken hands with a lot of limp-wristed dudes. And was it a positive experience? Did you go on to have you know, great connections with these limp-wristed dudes? I don't know. Maybe you did million-dollar deals with these, the limp-wristed. But uh, generally speaking, I've not had great experiences in my life with the limp-wristed. You know, I've not had... Oh, so... You know, you say hello to someone and they just completely blow you off for no good reason, right? That doesn't tend to lead to good experiences. Yeah, bad handshakes you know, kind of lead to, to bad behavior. People who you're just being polite to and they just blow you off, right? They, people who ignore the ordinary rituals of decency, right? You don't, you don't expect a lot of righteous behavior from. And so... Uh, let's say you're talking to someone and they take something you say completely out of context and they just become really nasty about it, right? So they ignore the rituals of, of decency, right, and of, of, of good conversation, right? These, these don't tend to be the truly righteous. 
right? So, so we need decency rituals. And uh, when you when you join a, a chat room and, and you're a regular in a chat room, then then you're here to contribute, right? You're not just here to blow off steam, right? Let's say you're having a really really bad day, and you know you're remembering some really painful and shameful things. You don't necessarily come into my chat room and immediately start sharing them. Like you, you get into the rhythm of the chat and you 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 shape your your comments according to the to the conversation that's going on in the chat. You don't just come in here and dump, you know, these embarrassing things that you did with your mates when you're 11 years of age and you're all just exploring, right? Like I I I operate this like really high level YouTube channel, like we're we're you know 120 IQ average and above. We're, we're approaching you know the lofty topics, and so you don't just such such basics transcend religion. People give the respect they deserve. Yes, they do transcend religion, uh, but religion is one example of rituals that uh, that may well protect ethics. So, do you think someone who keeps the Sabbath day holy, right? Someone who observes the Sabbath, or someone who observes kosher, or I mean, what a Catholic ritual. Someone who observes Lent. Uh, someone who dresses like a, a nun or, or a priest or, or a Buddhist monk. Like, don't you expect a little bit better than average behavior from such people? Like people who put themselves out there. Like someone who wears a yarmulke. Wait, where's my yarmulke? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like some, someone who wears a yarmulke. I mean, isn't your immediate thought? You know, there's a truly righteous man. His every word, his every deed is governed by God's immutable moral law. I mean, isn't isn't that like your your immediate reaction to a yarmulke? You're not thinking, oh, there's a guy with a yarmulke. You know, he's he's looking to uh, he's looking to to cheat me. Yeah, no cottaging in public chat rooms. Absolutely, this is this is a cottaging free zone. But I, yeah, I just noticed with a lot of people that they kind of treat the public space, you know, very poorly. This is why I dislike police. They assume they can interfere in people's lives, make no excuses for it, even people who haven't broken the law. Hmm. Well, most of my experiences with the police have been positive. So I see that the police is a thin blue line between us and anarchy. At the same time, police are improved by accurate criticism. So this increasingly widespread phenomenon where people have cell phones and, uh, you know, I, yeah, I love our cops, our law enforcement. I love our military too. They're important. But come on, folks, don't we don't we appreciate our public health officials? I mean, let's let's just take a minute and uh, let's just be grateful for Anthony Fauci. I mean, here's this guy who's what eighty years of age, and he's out there trying to keep us safe. So, when I do these live streams, I notice that a lot of people come to a live stream with with like a monkey on their back, like with a chip on their shoulder because it takes so much energy to do a live stream, often the easiest source of energy is to be really angry. But that's not generally speaking how I think I come to a live stream. I come to a live stream with a sense of appreciation. Like I think about a kindness that someone has done me. And thinking about the kindness that someone has done to me, like above and beyond. This one rabbi went above and beyond. He stuck his neck out for me. Like he, he really he really helped me and and I repaid him with some unrighteous behavior. I wasn't uh I wasn't not only was I not fully honest with him, I was kind of really dishonest with him at times and I was not like a righteous Jew. I he, he 
I did not repay his kindness with goodness. And so thinking about that, thinking about the kindness that has been done to me, that brings me into reality, right? Realizing, you know, how much I'm in debt to, to this particular rabbi with whom I disagree on, you know, almost every, you know, major political uh, and cultural issue and many religious issues too, like very strong disagreements with, with this rabbi. But I'm just realizing you know, how much I am in debt to this rabbi, how much aggravation I caused this rabbi, how I was not fully honest with this rabbi. And so kind of remembering the unbalanced nature of that relationship where he would take time to study Torah with me, where he would suffer the slings and arrows of having an outrageous blogger in his congregation. And I was trying to get a lit way with a lot of stuff instead of being righteous. And uh, I think we all have, have, you know, some unbalanced relationships. And like thinking about that unbalanced relationship, you know, that helps me come to the show with, with humility. And, and humility means accepting reality. And the reality is that some of my relationships have been unbalanced and I've been in the negative. <laughs> yeah, so, so thinking about someone who's, who's loved me, like someone who's been kind to me, someone who's sacrificed for me, like that's, I'd like to think that's the energy that I bring to a show, like that, 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 that sense of humility, that, that sense of, of my own frailty, of my own brokenness. I, I, I like to think about people that I love, Right. When I'm doing a show, I'm not primarily thinking about people I hate. I, I get the sense of a lot of live streamers that they're, you know, particularly driven by people that they hate. You know, they hate you know, Nick Fuentes or they hate Joe Biden or they hate Anthony Fauci. And I don't think that's the energy that, that I come to this show with. I think I come here thinking about people I love, like relationships that I value, the communities that are important to me. And you speak in a completely different way when you're coming from a place of appreciation and gratitude and humility and a kind of an awareness of your own vulnerability. I've interviewed thousands of people in my life. And one thing that has struck me from interviewing thousands of people is that everybody is vulnerable. Everybody's got their soft, tender bits, right? And, and as an interviewer, like I, I have a few tendencies to sadism, right? I, I kind of like, you know, I want to kind of dig into the soft underbelly to the to the tender bits, and uh, yeah, I've been being a little bit sadistic, but yeah, everyone's vulnerable, and so coming to a live stream with a sense of your own vulnerability, a sense of the the vulnerability of people you know well, a sense of gratitude for the kindness that has been shown to you sense of gratitude for the, for the love in your life, for the light in your life, for the inspiration in your life, for the communities in your life, for the family in your life. It's just a whole different energy than coming here. Oh, can you believe what Joe Biden said? Can you believe what you know, Nick Fuentes has done? Can you believe what Richard Spencer has written? Like coming with rage, right? That, that tends to disconnect you from reality because reality is your connections with other people. And if your reality is not your connections with other people, that's really, really bad news. But we can choose what, what channel we, we tune into. I'm just echoing Fred Luskin here. I love his book, you know, Forgive for Good. 
Like obsessing on extremely dystopic things I could do nothing about. Time well spent, says uh, Josh Reynolds. How about obsessing with the kindness that has been shown to you? How about tuning in to the TV channel in your head called L-O-V-E? Like think about the people who you love. Think about the people who love you. Yeah, think about the connections that are most important to you. Think about people who are in your life today for whom you have gratitude. Think about people who have sacrificed for you, such as you know, parents, older siblings, uh, indulgent bosses, indulgent teachers. Like I had teachers who inspired me. I had teachers who took a lot of extra time with me. Like I had teachers who, who let me stay with them. I had people who mentored me in you know, all sorts of different areas. Uh, I, only had, I only ever had one teacher ask me for a blowjob. Right? So out of all these you know, male teachers that I had really close, good relations with, only one you know, out of like 20 plus of them ever asked me for a blowjob. So you know, let me be grateful for, for like the, the 25 teachers who mentored me and never asked me for a blowjob. Right? I, I could come to this live stream with a sense of grievance about that one teacher who asked me if I wanted a blowjob. But no, I, I, like I come here from a place of gratitude that 98% uh, of them never asked me for a blowjob. It, it's just, I feel like it's a whole different energy. It's a whole, whole new path into reality. So a lot of people think, you know, reality is, oh, let me list off what I'm really angry about. Uh, let me engage in political pornography, right? Where you get into those, those most visceral of emotions, which are like rage and anger. Those are the easiest emotions to tap in. You guys know what the damn Democrats are doing now? Those libtards. Joe Biden is trying to destroy this country, right? That's a really easy way to connect, but, but there's a different way to connect. And that is you know, with gratitude for the people who've been good to you. With, with a sense of awe at, at uh, some of the most important relationships in your life, a sense of, of vulnerability that uh, you, know, you have weak points, other people have weak points. It's, uh, it's a whole new path into, into reality. But you don't tend to say as many stupid things from, from a real place. You don't tend to cause as much needless harm. You don't tend to cover yourself in, in shame and obloquy when uh, you don't conduct yourself like you're you know hanging out in a public restroom bye bye